Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today, and my name is Joseph. Joining me on the show are Andy and Jennifer from CrossFit Leicester and FXT360 in Leicester, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, you guys. How are you both doing today? Doing very well. Thank you very much. Sorry. Welcome, welcome. Sorry about my voice. I got a bit of a cold. No worries. Been hearing a lot of colds in this time of year. It's just going to happen. And uh, you guys, I'm very excited to have you both here to learn more about this gym business. But before we dive headfirst into the gym business, when you guys first established it, what was the vision you guys had in mind for it for, you know, the long term? Well, for the long term, I mean, I've been in the fitness industry for lots of years, 20 plus years I've been in the fitness industry. Now, obviously, started off as a personal trainer and always wanted to run my own gym. We've done gyms in the past. Yeah. We, um, and then, obviously, I was searching for something to do to create my, um, my own gym. Yeah. And I went up to the States, actually, and sampled CrossFit because it always kept coming up on my timeline and stuff and so I, I, I sampled CrossFit 2012, uh, no 2011 and I just basically just fell in love with it and um, I said to Jennifer look we, I need to set up a box and came back to the UK signed up for level one and set a box up. I was already ready to set up a, a gym of my own obviously with Jennifer as my partner but um, I was on that, that road of, shall I do something of my own or shall I go the affiliate route? And then I decided to go the affiliate route. And um, my vision has always been to run my own business, to run my own gym. Um, that's always been my vision for, for, for many years. So it was a no-brainer, really. That's awesome. Yeah. Jennifer? I'd just like to say we did try, and, and I do want to put it out here, that if you fail, you still win because you learn by your failure. We, we set up a gym called Sweat. Uh, it, it was probably not in the right location. Yeah, that was we, like 2006, six, six, something like yeah. that. Again, um, we went over to the States and we, we was it, what was that? Punch, crunch, crunch, crunch Gym. Mm. Yeah. And we sort of based it off Crunch Gym. We, we were trying to come up with weird and wonderful classes, but I think we were just way before that time. time. <laughs> I mean, we're doing things like pole dancing and we're doing Swiss ball classes and that type of stuff, which weren't very popular. In fact, some people hadn't even heard of half that stuff back in the day and now like i mean you've got uh, pole dancing places pop up all over the place yeah. aerial places pop up all over the place and, yeah so yeah. so we lasted about a year um but then fiscally we weren't breaking even even mm. though we were very passionate about it even though we we're getting other instructors on board it wasn't really the right venue it was on a trading estate it was set well back so there's a lot of factors uh, we then decided to go back to the drawing board, and this is what I want to say to anyone, uh, never see that as a negative. I always think that if you don't try and put yourself out there, then you don't have a learning curve, and that is the whole point of life, is about learning from yeah. your mistakes, and we learn a lot from that, yeah. didn't we? Always uh, learning. And always learning. <laughs> still learning. And still learning. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, that's just yeah. like the life of an entrepreneur. Like You have to be growth-minded, and you have to be willing to face the face those big walls that are in front of you because you have to push through them. And that's just the reality of this game that we're in, right? And, and times are always better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. 
and you know when we were in america we went to north beach uh, miami and joshua and we spoke to him about the journey he had with crossfit spoke to him as an affiliate owner and we just loved the idea we loved the fact that the problem we had before and one of the factors that we that when we did the analysis of why we failed before was mm. the fact that we were having to promote something new and we didn't have the budget because you need a big budget you need a marketing budget of 20 to 30 grand if you're going to do that minimum. you minimum you need uh, to flood the market with the idea you basically not only got to uh, educate the people um about coming to your gym you have to educate them of what the actual classes are all about because they've never mm -hmm. heard of them before. Mm -hmm. so the affiliate all that was done for us because yeah. with crossfit they were spending and and I don't care what anyone says, Greg did come up with an absolutely fantastic um, a whole program and a, and a theory of training. And I still stand by that. You know, we we were all through the George Floyd incident with him and we stood by his side, didn't you? And uh, because of the fact at the end of the day, it's better to make change from within. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he has he did take crossfit to where it is today and we were on that journey with him and i will say it's been fantastic yeah so you know you guys let's just look you know a year down the road where do you both want this gym business to be what does the ideal gym look like well the ideal gym for us i mean obviously we have two elements we've got the crossfit ideal for crossfit is to to grow our membership base a little bit more. I mean, I don't really want to have, I mean, at present we've got, what, about 150 members? Yeah. I mean, we don't want to go too big because I think we lose that personal touch if we go too big, but mm -hmm. to uh, develop it from within, offer more services within, um, help develop the people inside, get that going, um, and also to more so for me personally is to grow the FXT because that's my own little baby. FXT mm -hmm. 360, that's my own creation. I know uh, together with Jennifer, I want to develop that. Uh, and then also in long term, think about um, getting a model for that so that I can maybe franchise that out or open up more smaller gyms along those lines. Yeah, because we've basically got 10 instructors now uh, at CrossFit. So we're empowering them and we're making sure we're putting all the um, protocols in place where um, checks and balances that we actually go through and do monthly training with them. We mm -hmm. also do 360 reviews with them uh, that they're involved in. Uh, so it's very important that they feel empowered. And we've also said to them, haven't we, if they ever wanted to set up their own gym, then we, uh, CrossFit gym, we would be willing to go fiscally in with them. Mm -hmm. um, we learned our lesson from before, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Well, it's awesome to, uh, to hear that you guys would be willing to do that. You know, I, I I don't speak to a lot of gym owners who are willing to help, you know, a trainer go into their own place, but okay. So you guys have about 150 members with the CrossFit side, but before we get into like the nitty gritty, I'm curious, you know, what kind of services do you offer to your members? Is it more of the open gym or group classes? So our mainstay, our bread and butter is classes. So what, what we believe is CrossFit should be group classes because that's where you get a community from that's mm -hmm. where you get camaraderie from and that's where it's it's all born then obviously alongside with that then people that want to develop specific skills within crossfit then we've yeah. got the specific classes and also the personal training mm -hmm. but then also we offer things like we again at the beginning of the year now we offer uh, a lifestyle challenge which um 
incorporates the diet and nutrition with uh, with the lifestyle with the crossfit uh, and then gives them something else to focus on and then there's also workshops that we do as well which we focus on specific things it may be olympic lifting it may be gymnastics and what have you as well so there's those various different elements that we focus on and um, we've also um, nutrition hub so that will be That's a new a, thing, we're, a bringing new on, thing yeah. we're bringing on so they will actually be able to bolt that on to their membership Mm -hmm. um, and that's different than the challenge because the challenge is an eight-week program, but they will be able to do that as well. Uh, also, uh, two of our coaches are basically going on the CrossFit Kids course, and we are developing CrossFit Kids, uh, two age groups, basically uh, 6 to 12 and 13 to 17, because we've already got young people coming in, yeah. and, and they're the lifeblood of our future. And this is what yeah. a lot of people need to understand. You need to be nurturing your next generation of membership. Uh, you need to, in these economic times, be getting reasons that are Maslow's theories, you know, of benefits for them as a family, and it's about health and well-being, and also helping their children with anxiety and depression. And that's what CrossFit will do as well. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. So you guys mainly have that group class um, selection there. You guys are also adding some additional services to add on to like the memberships right now. Um, so with the group classes, what's the max capacity for those classes? So I say for the CrossFit, we cap it at 20. Okay. Uh, and then for the FXC, we cap it at 15. Uh, we also do with the um, FXT flow, which is the Pilates yoga, we cap, we cap that at 12. Okay. So on average, how many classes do you have per week for each, you know, section of the gym? Yeah. So it's 50 with CrossFit, but with FXT, because that's a new fledgling thing with now having standalone, yeah. that's got 12 classes, but that is because of the fact that we're just developing that. Um, and when it's launched properly next year in quarter two, then you'll have a full timetable. But what we're doing now is Andrew's using it as an opportunity to test different things out because everything's going to be programmed. So there's going to be pre-programmed in FXT. So someone can take the package and then everything will be pre-programmed for 365 for all year. Okay, awesome. So on average, with the classes, you know, across the gym and, you know, like the CrossFit, the FXT, and also the additional services coming, um, what's the average, like, membership uh, show up? So, like, how many people normally come in? Because, I, I mean, the max capacity is pretty big. So how many people you got in there per class? Per class? Yeah. Really, I mean, per class, it, it's, it changes all the time. I mean, we have some early morning classes which um, I would say the early morning, when we say early morning, we talk about 6 a.m., um, that probably averages at about 12 people yeah, in class. Uh, the 9.30 classes, 8.30, 9.30, again, the numbers probably average a little bit less than that, probably about 10. And then come the evening classes, we've got 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock classes. I think it really does vary. Sometimes it will be as high as 20, and other times it can be as low as 8, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There is no logic to the evening classes. Yeah. They are, you know, our most popular class, I would say, is uh, is the Saturday morning class, which, which is part of the workout, which is normally at full capacity majority of the time. Um, mm -hmm. But um, the rest of them, apart from the early morning ones, they, they do vary 
quite a bit, but I would say we would, we would as an average, I would say about 12. Yeah, our lunchtime classes, we basically have lunchtime classes Monday to Friday. And they average a bit lower. And they average lower, but the point is that uh, we've been asked, we listen to feedback, and I think that's the important thing. As an owner <clears throat> of any business, you've got to listen to the feedback of your members and constantly asking them what they want. Uh, and basically, you, if you are not going to offer them that, then you've got to justify why you're not offering it or offer them something a bit different and explain why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and we ask for lunchtime classes. And for us, it's quite good because of the fact we run an open gym uh, all the time. So from 5 a.m. to uh, 9 o'clock, uh, we run open gym even when the classes are on because we've got a big enough space. Mm -hmm. So that allows Andrew and I um, not to have to man uh, any of that time because the coach is covering all that period because you've got to think fiscally as well because one of the key points as an owner is that you've got to think of your break-even point all the time mm -hmm. and you've got to look at your budgets because costs are going up so much at the moment. 100%. Uh, you know, yes, they are. Electricity, you've basically yeah. got to look at cost savings. Energy somewhere. costs are the, Energy costs the, biggest, the biggest thing, thing. for us at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, the, and the point is you, you cannot ignore it. Uh, I'm, I'm just grateful that we don't have heating in that gym because if we yeah, did, we'd yeah. be bankrupt. It would be a lot. Yeah, we would be bankrupt. But the point is, what I'm trying to say to people is, this is why we've got a business plan, and it's an organic business plan that we look at every, we look at twice a year, yeah. don't we? Uh, and we basically with the business plan, we tweak it, we do feedback from the members, we add that into it, don't we? Yeah. And that is our growth plan. And we see like the timetable with our timetable, we've got a basic timetable, but then we also have a look at the the attendance of these classes and if we feel that they need to change, mm -hmm. uh, it might not be that we take the class off, it, that, it might be a case that we change the, the focus for the class, say if it's a CrossFit class we might make it a, a barbell club class or whatever. We, keep, we have a look and see where we can tweak things all the time to, to try and make things better for the members and obviously get more attendance. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think people are too scared to ask the members sometimes. I think that mm -hmm. they, they think they know better, some people do. We, we were talking to another gym owner and he goes, oh, I know what they want. I said, yeah, but how do you know what they want? You don't know unless you, you ask. don't know until you <laughs> Don't assume what they want. You actually that, have to ask. They won't come up to you. You think they'll come up to you and tell you. You say, oh, I've got an open door policy. Come in and speak to me. But they won't. And you have to like send the anonymous. You have to initiate the conversation in order to find out what it is that they, you know, are desiring. It is a two-edged thing yeah. though, as well, because you will have certain members that will shout the loudest, but isn't necessarily the um, the most, uh, as I say, the the most common view of the of the gym as a whole. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we have to be aware of how and. Yeah. how we're listening to, who we're speaking to, and um, justify yeah. any answers that we give. Yeah, yeah, and, and that is the whole point. You shouldn't be scared to say no to something, but you've got to justify why you're saying no. Yeah. That is Always so have a reason behind it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's really well, sometimes and it's we've had a case where we've had people say, oh, come here to such a class, and we'll say, initially we'll say no, but then I'll say, okay, I'll trial it for you. We'll try it, and if it works, we'll keep it on. If it doesn't, then well, then will. goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at least we've tried it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's the same way. You need to go on with your coaches. It's like you need to be very open and transparent with them, and that's why you've got to communicate with them on a regular basis. I know mm -hmm. lots of people who just like assume everyone's happy uh, and everything else. And we learned very early on, didn't we, that that you cannot run a business like that. 
Uh, managing people for me is the biggest headache. I agree. And I've heard that a lot in this industry because it's, it's difficult. And also, you know, it costs a lot of money, but, um, you guys mentioned that it's average around 12 in those classes. So I'm curious, you know, do you guys think that there's room for growth or do you guys want to stay where you're at? I think there's definitely room for growth, but at the same time, we don't want to go too big because mm. then we, we, we lose that personal touch that and that community atmosphere that we've spent so long creating. I'd rather uh, look at um, maybe setting something else up or uh, diversifying some yeah. other way. I, I think you do not look, need to look at, I think it, you've got to change your mindset on numbers because Number one, if you have more people, you've got more consumables, you've got more costs. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have more, more profits having more. Yeah, numbers. exactly. There's that point. Yeah, I mean. exactly. And that's what you've got to think about. When you sit down and you've got your figures there and you're forecasting, I will tell you now that that doesn't actually equate to that. What you've got to look at is maximizing the revenue generation from the people you've got. Mm -hmm. So that's like... It's easier to get more money from those memberships. Yeah. Well, from, yeah. from those members. So what you know tell me what you guys are going to do moving forward to make that happen yeah so that's why we're bringing on nutrition hub that's why we're yep. bringing on more pts which the kids classes kids classes we are then probably in quarter two quarter three next year is looking at senior classes as well uh, because of the fact we've got a lot of members who are aging got aging parents who would like to bring them along and what we've got is a cafe as well and mm -hmm. we need to we're looking at putting uh, air conditioning in that because at the moment it's very cold and you really won't want to sit in there for too long unless you've got uh, uh, your north face a whole winter suit <laughs> exactly um, and we could generate income from there as well plus retail we're this year we're actually we've never really focused on retail um and what we're doing this year is actually having a standard brand for our clothing then we're going to have three different seasons of clothing which are going to be limited editions so that is how we're going to develop that as well um plus we're working on uh for the schedule workshops that we're going to be charging for and seminars which were aren't just going to be inclusive for our membership but are we going to be doing as for more of an external community as well i think for, for us if you increasing the membership is great but i think if we can increase it in different areas so that the actual classes don't get too busy so mm. obviously we have kids classes which is a whole different it's a whole new class and obviously with the seniors again it's a whole new class it's not necessarily making our regular classes numbers go up too high mm. yeah so instead of you know maxing out the whole capacity rather max out each member have yeah. them buy into the facility more, which obviously will increase, you know, retention over the long term. Um, and that leads me, you know, to my next question is, you know, a little bit deeper and harder question in the gym business right now, you guys, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck that is holding you back from getting to that next level of business? Because obviously we all want to grow. So I think from my point of view, at, at this present time, it's the, the economic crisis that we're going through at the moment with, with the cost of living and everything is making sure that people still find that our facilities value for money and that they're going to, obviously everyone's going to make cuts, but try not to let them cut the gym and have mm. them cut all the things. 
Um, I think that's going to be our biggest challenge because obviously our costs are going up, mm. everyone's costs are going up, and people are having to make you know hard decisions, aren't they, as to how they're going to make cost savings or what have yeah. you. So I think for us, we've got to try and make our gym as valuable as possible to the individual, make it more of a uh, as a part of their life, something that they can't or can't perceive as cutting out of their life. Yeah. Uh, when we're looking, I, I did some research into uh, gyms that survived the 1970 uh, recession and the 1980 recession. And all of those costs, uh, basically did cost cutting, but mm -hmm. they spent more money on marketing. Because I think you've got a market still. Uh, we're basically having someone on board that is going to be doing some filming for us. And what we're going to be doing is going to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and showing that the, the gym is essential for them to be healthy and fit and to survive this, you've got to be fit and healthy. And we are the place that they will get that from. It's so not just a physical. It's not just a physical. Stuff. And also, um, because we've got the community there, it's like where their friends are and it becomes their second home. And this is what the filming, and this is where we're gonna be having the IG ads and everything else is coming out of this film we're doing. Um, and we can segment that out. And that's the new communication we're doing. Once again, the same with the kids and the same with the seniors. It's all about, it's all about um, that whole thing of uh, saying that we're essential a part of their budget. Um, personally, at the moment, in terms of other marketing that we're doing, we are actually putting more money that that way rather than and we're looking and we but we cut costs in other areas. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and that's encouraging that's to hear that you guys are you know willing to do more marketing. You know, going into this economic crisis because a lot of gym owners they're freaked out. They don't know what to do, and they're like. Ooh, we don't want to waste money, but if you know how to do it correctly, you have the people yeah. there to do it, then attack it. And, you know, to, to really piggyback what you were saying there in terms of, you know, the hierarchy of needs, if you build up enough value in what it is that you do, your membership base and potential members will buy into it and really help you to grow that business. Yeah. Would you guys agree? Yeah, totally agree. I think, I think, you know, especially people need to look, there's so much information on the net at the moment. You need to do your research of how people have got through it before. Uh, there's so much in America of people that have got through it. I was looking, you know, and, and most of my research was from America, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And it was just so interesting to see how they did. They basically, one of the gyms didn't have personalized towels anymore. Uh, so it cut the cost from that and just had normal towels. And it's little changes that you make. So we've already changed the brand of uh, Blue Roll we've had. We've gone cheaper products on other things. but So we can then channel that money that we saved there for the marketing because that's been the most important point. And also... Uh, also simple things like just making sure the lights aren't on if we don't need them on. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Uh, it sounds a yeah. very simple thing, but you know, there's so many gyms that would have their lights on all day, yeah. regardless of whether they need them or not. I mean, we're lucky that we have big windows at the top, so you know, as soon as there's enough light coming in, those lights are going off. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And also, it's a bit of a running joke with some of the members. It's like, you know, I'll come around, turn all the lights off, and it's like, you know, yeah. we want to see if we can get some of the machines uh, strapped up to the power, you know, so they can, mm -hmm. <laughs> they can actually start running the gym yeah. and some, some free power for us. And I, I think it's also what people have got to remember is this is time to nurture your membership. 
start sending them letters that you handwrite. I know this sounds a lot of work, but it's so successful for us. People don't get much in this country in the mail anymore. Everything's mm. virtual, everything's yeah. digital. People are bombarded with thousands of images. So you basically go back to the drawing board and they get, uh, we basically got printed cards. Uh, we send them birthday cards. If they've not been for a while, we write them a handwritten note or we pick up the phone. Those are the kind of things you've really got to focus on during this period. And mm. it's that nurturing, caring for your community that they feel, yes, you do care about me. I'm not another number. I'm not just that X, Y, Z amount each month. You really do care about me. And it's going that extra level. If, they are, if they're looking for a new job, we've had people get other jobs from other yeah. people within our community. Uh, we had Nelly recently, yeah, yeah. didn't we, who was looking for a job. She couldn't get it's one. It's actually using your community it's for all different aspects. For different so people aspects. see it yeah. as, a, as, a, as a bit of a lifeline yeah. as well. And, and if you've got a lot of business owners within your community, you have them as well and nurture them. And you basically have a little business group going, which yeah, we're doing now, them. and have marketing. marketing them. And then you become more than just a gym. You become their best friend. You become the place they go to, the person they speak to about their problems. And they know that you make a sincere effort, a genuine effort from your heart to help them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, really important in our industry is to, you know, leverage networking and connections because that's, you know, how we're here today. Um, but you guys, it does look like we are running short on time, but before we sign off of the podcast episode, what are your social medias and your website? So our listeners can find you. Uh, social media, we, we basically Instagram and Facebook are the main two that we use. So it's, um, it's um, what is it? CrossFit Leicester. <laughs> it's just CrossFit Leicester, isn't it, Alan? <laughs> I left him for this one and he's failed completely. <laughs> it's, it's just CrossFit Leicester on Instagram. And it's the same, it's the same on Facebook, isn't it? It's just yeah. CrossFit Leicester. Um, and if you want to go to our website, it's www.lestercrossfit.co.uk. Awesome, you guys. Thank you for sharing those. And I want to thank you both for hopping on the podcast today. It was a great time speaking with you guys. Yeah. You're welcome. Too. Of course. Of course, and everyone else tuning in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you are uh, interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description. And if you like this episode, hit the like and subscribe button. Um, and, you know, to join us, fill out the link in the bio. Um, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Jake, owner of Breakthrough Fit Co. in Hartsfield, New York. Welcome to the show, Jake. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on and jump into the business here. Um, but before we do so, tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Yeah, so I'd like to say my simple answer is a pandemic kind of put us all out of a job at first, but um, 
it's every, I think, personal trainer's dream. And I've been working in the industry for a while. And when the pandemic did hit, um, you know, luckily with the growth of technology and Zoom and Skype, we were able to, you know, keep up with um, all of my clients and uh, just continue on their fitness journey when everything was shut down and it became an outlet for people. And in that process, I realized that I was working in a corporate fitness setting where my clients were paying an arm and a leg for an expensive gym membership, plus a premium for personal training, never coming into the gym, and that I can kind of flip that model a little bit and also create a space that is appointment-based and catered to a specific niche population that I also work with in the special needs community. And when my now business partner put the idea out there to me of like, hey, we got to get out of your Skyping, Zooming, and gym garage now that things are going to slowly start to open back up eventually, we put our thoughts down on paper and just decided to go for it. That's awesome. How long have you been in the location that you're at now? When did so that we happen? just had our one-year anniversary party on September 12th. So we're just over a year of, uh, we were in here for three months prior getting things set and ready to open, but we've basically just finished our first full uh, year in business. And now we're wrapping up our first January to December fiscal year. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, So Jake, you have a little bit of a unique situation. You have been on the podcast before about six months ago. So tell us what's changed, what's different um, in the business now than when we last heard from you. So I, I want to say everything's gotten almost simpler because a lot of our metrics have nearly doubled uh, since that podcast in terms of having to grow the team because of an influx, influx of clientele, especially within the niche population that we work with, because our, our mission and goal is inclusion um, from general population to the special needs community. We just see the person that wants to work and a body in space. Um, and we just really had to simplify and focus on delivering a good service, making sure our clients are happy, generating community and growing that community, um, on the front end and on the back end with staffing. So a lot and nothing has kind of changed, um, but all for the good. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome that, that you've seen so much growth in the past year. Um, but let's go back to the gym itself a little bit. Tell us about the services that you offer. So what can um, someone expect if they come into the gym? Yep. So we're um, an appointment-based personal training facility, but we also do small group classes for both general population and the special needs community. Um, and we do partner with a massage therapist, a nutritionist, and a few uh, yoga instructors who will sometimes rent space in our basement, offer classes um, or their services through us. Um, so they're not a direct um, team member of Team Breakthrough, but they're a partner of ours so that we could also help support other people with their small businesses in the fitness industry. That's awesome. Yeah, building a, a strong community there for sure, providing jobs, providing you know, a place for people to work out and get healthy. So I think that's awesome. Um, so tell me, how many members do you have now in the, in the gym? Yeah, so right now, the last time I checked our client roster, and in terms of people service is probably pushing up towards the 200s. Awesome. Um, tell me about your marketing strategies. Have you been able to, to build that client base up to 200 in the past like year? Absolutely. So you just brought up, I think my favorite topic to talk about, which is marketing. Um, Me too. I'm glad that we both enjoy that topic. Um, 
to date, I think the most we've spent on marketing, which isn't really marketing in my eyes, was sponsoring um, a run walk that was local to where we are in Westchester because um, it just got the name out there um, and at the direct demographic of where we work and who we work with. Um, but I think the best marketing strategy for us outside of utilizing social media as a marketing tool was just creating free pop-up events within our space. We actually have one coming up in the new year where small businesses in the health and wellness space are coming in to set up. We're going to do a yoga class with a live DJ and then have like wine and cheese and stuff afterwards. Nice. And it's just an opportunity to bring people together, take pictures, put it out on social media and show people the community that we're trying to make. And then just the word of mouth, the consistency in terms of showing up, being on time, generating relationships with your clients. And then oftentimes when you can nail those foundational things, which I think are often overlooked, um, you'll start to get those referrals coming out. And it's a domino effect. Once one person refers and multiple people start referring, you create raving fans. And then those raving fans become your best marketers and promoters. And outside of spending the $5,000 on that 5K run walk that we did, I think we've spent less than $1,000 overall on marketing in the lifespan of Breakthrough. Nice. So what would you say was like the biggest driving factor of getting more people in the gym out of those things that you mentioned to me? Out of like, you know, fun run, the social media, pop-up events, word of mouth. Yeah, I think the investment of time, which a lot of people think I have to invest money for marketing, but I think time is a valuable tool that if you're willing to put in that time and work showing up at different events, not just your events, but other events that you could um, table at um, events and festivals and things like that, where it's like 50 bucks to set up a table um, mm -hmm. and creating those shaking actual hands, right? meeting someone in the flesh, exchanging contact information, letting them know we're here, we exist, this is who we are. When you do that enough, it really just starts to drive attention to where you are and what you do. And um, they follow your Instagram page, they shoot you an email. So I think that getting out onto the field has been our biggest driving factor. Yeah, that's awesome. And when whenever you're doing that, is it you out there? Do you have coaches go out you know, and work these events or how does that look? So, in the beginning, it was mostly myself and my uh, business partner, Steve. Um, you know, we're in it together. We always go together. Um, as of more recently, probably a little bit after the last time I was on the podcast, we had to start to divide and conquer because uh, right. sometimes there would be things on the same day. And now that we've had the opportunity to grow our team and have, you know, a good four to six people that are trustworthy and work closely with us, we can kind of separate out those teams and, you know, time manage a little bit better in terms of who's going where and who's running, which communications. And, um, so it's, but usually myself and Steve are always present. Yeah, I totally hear you. I feel like as it grows, you'll have to start, you know, delegating more and more and handing off some of those responsibilities to other people. Cause I'm sure you're wearing a lot of hats at the moment, or you probably were when, especially when you first opened. Um, and so that can sometimes be a challenge for entrepreneurs is like giving up some of that responsibility to other people. Is that something yeah. that you struggle with or is that something that you're totally good with just having someone else, you know, take over? I, I think it's, it's something I'll always struggle with because I always <laughs> want to be as involved as possible. But I also think as, you know, we've been, you know, I always say it's good to run into the problems that are good problems and then figure out a solution to it. 
um, as we figure out the solutions to some of these things that we've run into, delegate out, do what we need to do. You know, sometimes that FOMO kicks in, that fear of missing out, but trusting that, you know, everyone's on the same page, on the same team, everything will get done um, as needed and will be a great experience. Um, but also knowing like, it's not about delegating so I can go home and sleep. It's about delegating so we can grow. And then when I have the opportunities to get back to this spot with this team member or go there, you know, we're doing that. So it's a constant, it allows you to be in more places at the same time, but staying involved. Yeah. Um, you mentioned also social media when you were talking about marketing. Have you paid for advertising on there? Or do you mostly just use it like organically to, to get the word out? So mostly organically. Um, I love that word organic because every time I say it, my uh, business partner looks at me and frowns. Like if I hear that word one more time. But I, I think organic growth is, there's just a, a truth to it. Um, and if you're getting organic growth, it means that people are, validating what you're doing. Um, so we've done a couple of small paid advertising things on social media, but I haven't really found that it's made a huge difference, especially, you know, jumping from Instagram to Facebook. Facebook has a lot of different groups that you could jump into. Mm -hmm. And on certain days, if they're a private group, certain days of the week, businesses can post in them. There's other ones that, you know, moms of some of our clients or clients who are just moms of kids in the school districts can go and post about you any day and you know they'll they'll help drive um eyes to your page without having to spend any money on it so mm -hmm. we, we've spent very little on that but have definitely found ways to uh utilize it to its max totally yeah is there a point where you think you'll dive more into paid advertising um maybe when if referrals start to cap off at some point you know, you're still early in the in the business relatively. Um, but is that something that you would um, try more in the future? I think so. Cause it also then starts to tie into branding and your name and our logo and image and stuff. And like, this is going to sound silly, but we're the main road that we're right off. I could always see the buses go by mm -hmm. and the buses don't always have the ads on the side of it. Mm -hmm. So it'll say call 1-800 whatever to get your ad up on the bus. And I'm like, actually would love to do that because it's you're just driving up and down a main strip of a major county and people see it like oh breakthrough that's the place over there i'm going to give them a call mm -hmm. um so definitely um also in terms of you know client testimonials and um i've spoken to a few people that are really good with storytelling um who do this for a living that uh we want to get involved with somewhere in the upcoming year so it's definitely on our radar, but it's also that, you know, what's the right time, place and spend mm -hmm. um, with where we are uh, for it and just budgeting it out. Totally. Where would you say like your main focus is in the business now? It sounds like you had a ton of growth in the past year and you, it sounds like you're doing pretty good with the leads itself. So where would you say, you know, the biggest challenge is now in the business? Yeah. So I would say, um, yeah, main goal, I wouldn't say it's a, a it is a challenge because it's hard to do, but really starting to come up with ways to take better care of our, you know, team 
Um, I don't like using the word employees or staff because I always say there's just a team captain and a team. Yeah. Um, but getting them benefits, right? Um, something that's kind of some fitness companies offer, some don't. If you're out on your own doing your solo thing, it could be challenging. But I think if your team is paid well, taken care of with um, certain benefits and health insurance, um, that will then translate back to nurturing the community that you're building, them wanting to come in more and deliver a great service, which will ease our pain point of people coming in, which I don't like using the word pain point because it's a great thing. Um, but I think just nurturing the team so that we can continue to grow the team to service the amount of people that are coming in. Totally. Yeah. And we talked about it off air briefly, the, the turnover in the fitness industry um, can be pretty big. You know, there's often no benefits, funky hours sometimes, especially for personal trainers. So I think, yeah, definitely creating that, that value and showing that you care about your employees will help with that retention piece for them as well, for your team members. Um, so what needs to happen now in the business in order to provide those benefits to your team members? So what needed to happen was we needed to achieve a, a specific number um, in terms of monthly revenue, which we achieved in the last two months of the year. So now it's meeting with our um, accountant and uh, financial advisor who does benefits and all that kind of stuff, which we have a meeting set up for one week or no, sorry, a couple of days, Wednesday of next week um, to start to look at the options of what's out there. Cause yeah, I'm not a professional in health insurance. And every time I, I hear about it, it's very confusing the amount of different plans that are out there, but it's also educational for me to hear about it because then when we do sit down, it's like, wow, there's really so much that goes into this and you have to plan a couple months ahead for when you want to implement it. So steps are in motion to do that. And then it's taking what you learned from that meeting, putting it into the budget, projecting it out for three months so that it could launch in three months. Um, so it, it could be you know, early spring that that comes into effect. But as long as we, it all rolls into each other. As long as we continue to deliver a great service and create raving fans and bring new people in, then that baseline that we needed to achieve continues to grow and we feel more secure, which then allows us to say, okay, we could implement this. They get that, they continue to stay and enjoy their environment and have a security net. And hopefully that bottom line continues to go up. Totally. Yeah. That's exciting that you already have that meeting set up for that for next week. So you're moving towards that goal pretty quickly, which is awesome. Yeah, It's pretty wild. It's not something yeah. I ever really thought about being able to do, um, especially a year and a half ago. If you told me like, Hey, you could give people benefits. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. So I want to dive in more to like the team side of things. So um, as far as like converting, you know, like a lead into a member of the gym, um, what does that look like for you? So if somebody, you know, meets you at a booth or they call in, what's the next step um, in turning them into a gym member? Yeah. So right now it all pretty much trickles through Steve and myself. And um, as of recently, our director of client relations, uh, Alexis, um, she's been working with us pretty closely to get trained up on kind of our system. But everything that goes through meeting in person or the website, if an email comes through, we're able to get 
name, number, email address. As simple as that. So that way the person doesn't walk away. We have no way of contacting them. And typically if they're talking to us and they give us that information, we know that there's some sort of interest. Mm -hmm. From there, it's a simple, come on in. Let's just make sure that this is the right fit. We could take a look at you, your body, see how you move, get to know your goals, limitations, lack of limitations, and just really kind of figure you out because I don't feel right taking somebody's money if we didn't do our due diligence in terms of assessing them properly and giving them that you know investment of time that we mentioned earlier works here too. Um, from there, after that, we kind of sit down, talk about their lifestyle and what kind of plan frequency might work into that. Then we just set up the next session. If they're still on the fence, let's set it up anyway and invite you in. Again, it's just time. And if they're ready to dive in and we set up their account, card goes on file. And most people sign up for a monthly reoccurring. So it's kind of a subscription basis because it allows us to project month after month. Um, and if it's a person that needs a lot of flexibility because they're a busy working professional, um, their schedule changes frequently and will bounce between one to two times a week, then we'll just let them grab a package of X amount of sessions. And when they run out, we get a notification in our system and then they just sign up for another batch. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like, you know, they come in for an initial consultation. They might need a second one. Um, and before, you know, Alexis joined in on that, it was just you and Steve doing those consultations. Yep. Okay. So I see where, where, as you start to grow, that's another place where your time was probably being consumed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Is that another area where you had to kind of strategize about how can we delegate? How can we, you know, save time in this, in this area? Yeah. So actually one of the ways we started to delegate was as we started to, you know, have more team members jump on board was Steve and I would book sessions, 30 minutes. Like I would give myself a 30 minute gap and bump someone 30 minutes if I had to. So that way I could be present with the beginning of the session, mm -hmm. generate the handoff to the other trainer, but we're both there in the beginning. So it's almost like they get two of us now. And then, you know, Steve and I'll stay pretty involved in terms of sending out follow-up emails, quick text messages. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like a lot. And I know that there's softwares out there to do it um, automatically, but we kind of enjoy it. And it's the personal connection that's there. I just feel like goes such a long way. Um, but then the trainer starts to do that. And eventually we stop and that system gets handed off. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of a lot of time with the personal text messages. But yeah, it definitely works, though. And people appreciate it. And you definitely get, you know, that retention piece um, solidified when people feel like they care and you're giving them, you know, your time and your attention. So I think that's awesome that you have multiple people there, you do multiple consultations if necessary. Um, so I think that's awesome. And then going to the retention piece now. So once they are a member, you know, how do you keep them long-term? What's your strategy there? Yeah. So um, in terms of retention, generating community is the main key thing. So what are ways that you generate community? Find ways to get everyone to the same space and create a buttload of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I like to think I'm a fun guy and the world might say businesses should be run X or Y. I don't like to conform to any specific rule. Um, so when we hit our one year, we had a DJ come in and a bunch of food and we had a big dance party celebration that was meant to be thrown for the clients um, just to celebrate them and their accomplishments. Um, 
we'll do client highlights on social media. Um, we'll have pop-up events like moms and mimosas around mother's day. Um, we have, uh, the, the yoga class that we're doing in January, um, the part of this new year, new you thing is totally free. And we're just inviting people in. a lot of our clients will be there. Um, and then also just kind of connecting people when they're in here that have similar likes and things that they do. And you realize it's such a small world and there's mutual connections within the County. Um, mm -hmm. so just, just by creating events and we're, we have a team for the Spartan race that's coming up in April. So the people that are interested in that will, you know, make them fresh t-shirts and get them all out there one way or another. If it's, if we got to rent a, a van and drive out, we will. So nice. just keeping yeah. it fun. Yeah, that does sound fun. You're like building a community and probably people are making friends and then they want to keep coming to see their friends. So yeah, that's right. It sounds like 100%. a good time. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Especially for people who don't necessarily love to go to the gym. It can be a motivator yes. to go see yes. your friends or go to an event. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, but before we start to wrap things up here, um, I'd like to leave off on this question. What would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who wants to own their own gym? A lot of our listeners are um, prospective gym owners. So what would you say to them or maybe say to yourself if you could go back a couple of years before you opened? So I think the biggest piece of advice, and this sounds a lot easier than it is to do is to just start, you know, no one has a written book on how your journey is going to go when you go to open a business and you might have ways that you think it's going to go. But I personally can say that nothing went as smoothly or the way that I planned it, but we persisted and just figured out how to pivot accordingly and everything fell into place perfectly, even though it wasn't the exact way that I envisioned it falling out. So if you want to do it and your mind is set on it, don't take no for an answer, be good, do good, and just figure out the solution because in an entrepreneurial mindset and in a business owner mindset, failure is nothing more than a educational point in time that you could learn how to progress forward. If you accept failure as failure, you'll fail. If you take failure as learning, then you'll succeed. And I would just say, get the ideas out of your head, put it on paper so that you could then look at something tangible, start to build a plan around it. And then every day, just do one thing that can propel you towards that goal. I sound like every motivational trainer on Instagram right now, but it's, oh, I love it's, it. It, it's a lot easier said than done, but, but it's true. And when you have it on paper and you tell a couple of people in your close knit circle, you're creating something real and a circle of accountability around you. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, if, if you surround yourself with those people and can get it out of your head and ask questions, um, you'll be able to do it. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree with everything you said there, especially you have to just jump in. Like we'll have a million excuses of why this is a bad time. And we'll always have an excuse for why it's not a good time. So you just got to do it um, if it's something yeah. that your heart's set on, for sure. Um, well, Jake, thank you so much for everything that you've contributed to us today. This was a great episode, um, just like the last one. <laughs> but thank you again for updating us on the business. Um, and we will be watching and seeing you know, what you accomplished on the road. But tell us, where can we follow along with you? What's your social media? What's your website? Where can we find you? 
Awesome. Uh, the social media is at Breakthrough Fit Co. Um, it's all the abbreviations, so just Fit and Co. Um, and then the website's www.breakthroughfitco.com. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for contributing to the podcast today. Um, we really appreciate you. And all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Stephanie from Rough House Boxing and Fitness. Hey, Stephanie. How are Hi. you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well today. So just so our listeners know, this is your second time being on the show. So we're really, really excited to have you back on and, and you know, see what, what good things and positive changes have come about that. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run your gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Okay. Um, so when people ask me about my gym, the way I describe it is it is a heavy bag-based boxing gym. Mm -hmm. um, lots of people are there for fitness, but we also do train competitive boxers. We do have amateur boxers and professional boxers at our gym. And then we also do a program for people who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And that program is called Ready to Fight. And then we also do one-on-one -on -one training. Very nice. Very nice. So I guess, where does your, your drive to serve the community in this way come from? Well, I have done martial arts um, most of my life on some level. I, I did Taekwondo when I was younger um, with my dad. And then when, um, as I got older, I dabbled in um, some Krav Maga. And then I started learning jujitsu and I competed in jujitsu. And that's how I ended up in boxing. Um, but what, what, why I care about combat sports and the community is because combat sports, especially boxing, it's such an empowering thing. If you can, if you can do something so difficult as boxing, and you can, and you can sit there and and not be good at it on your first day, <laughs> it's so powerful. And then when you do learn something, and you realize that, hey, I can, I know something about how to protect myself, or I know something about how to defend myself. Everything else in the world is so less scary. 
and then the confidence that it builds. I mean, I would not be even a quarter of the confident person that I am today without boxing, without combat sports. So to me, boxing is for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everybody has access to boxing. So that's why I make it kind of my mission to have a presence in the community so that the people who, who maybe don't have access to boxing or maybe they don't, they don't know that it's for them. You know, some people think that it's too hard or, oh, I'm not athletic. That was and actually going to be my next question. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so it's like, do you think that it's a common misconception that you have to be like ripped and in shape to do boxing? Or if I'm like, man, I, I, I really need to lose 40, 50 pounds. Would I be able to come to your gym and reach that goal? Absolutely. Yes. Um, the misnomer of you have to be in shape to do, um, well, to even try boxing is just crazy because the only way to get in shape for boxing is to do boxing. So mm-hmm. don't, don't go try to lose 30 pounds first or try to go running first. Don't do any of those things. Just, just come on into the gym and just yeah. start with boxing. You know, we'll, we'll get you through, through the hard part of, of, of making it that habit. Um, but I mean, there's, there's one of everybody in my gym. There's, there's people who are there because, um, you know, yeah, they want to lose weight, you know, but there's people that are there because they want to feel confident about themselves or they realize that they have a ton of anxiety and it feels good to punch stuff. Um, so you do not have to be in shape. You don't have to be buff. If you were to walk, if you were to walk into my gym on a Wednesday night, one of our, our busiest classes, you would for sure be able to relate to at least five people in that room, no matter who you are, whether you're athletic or not, lean, overweight, smart, not smart, pretty, not pretty, like whatever, you know what I mean? They're, you're gonna see somebody in that gym that, that, you, that looks just like you or that you can relate to, which is how I know that boxing is for everybody and you don't have to, you don't have to start out already good at it. Right. None of us started out that way. I didn't start. I didn't come out of the, believe it or not, I did not come out of the womb throwing hands, you know? <laughs> very well said. Very well said. So are there any other services that you guys offer outside of the boxing classes? Like, is there any weights in there, anything like that? We do have um, like a squat rack. We do have a, a few dumbbells, um, you know, shadow boxing type weights, like one, two, three pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, five pounds I think are probably our heaviest dumbbell and kettlebell is probably like 55 pounds maybe okay. but like a weight bench um stability balls some slam balls so we use those tools mostly in our personal training or our one-on-one sessions okay um, people can like if they come in a little early for class and they know they want to get a quick little bench press in or something you know like that like that's that's fine you know um but it's mainly used for our one-on-one trainings. Gotcha. Okay. So you were on a podcast about six months ago, right? In July. Mm-hmm. What was your biggest takeaway from being on the podcast back then? And is there any type of like mental shift or aha moment that you had? Um, most definitely. Um, I was you know, I was kind of asked a question about, you know, if I had a magic wand, what would my gym look like? And then, and at that moment, you know, my answer was not an incorrect answer or a bad answer, but I realized that when I answered it, I wasn't really that excited about it. And I thought there has to be something 
more to be more excited about it. You know, I, I'm really excited about these things over here. Why don't I just do that? <laughs> you know, why, why be afraid of my own potential? You know, why say the thing that everybody else says, which was, you know, to do like jujitsu and have some MMA and things like that at the gym. That was my original answer. Um, but because I realized how not excited about that I was, I didn't feel passionate about that. It really made me kind of look at things differently and go, what is it around me that I do see myself investing most of my time and energy in? That is where the future is. It's not in, you know, the thing that everybody else says. It's in, it's in this thing that I see, that I believe in. And it was one of the first things that came to mind that I said, this is the most attainable, reasonable, and easily accessible goal is to host a boxing event. Okay. And I would not, I would not have thought about that. I would not have thought that way at all. Um, had I not been asked that question, honestly, like it really changed my, my frame of mind as to, you know, I'm very passionate about my, my boxing gym. I'm passionate about my members. And it was like, what is the other extension of that? Where else does my passion take me? And it wasn't, it wasn't to an MMA gym, you know? Okay. So what are the, what would be the benefits of hosting a boxing event? um for the community number one and number two how would that impact your business in a positive way well if i um when i'm able to host a boxing event um it would be a golden gloves uh fundraiser that's what i would like it to be um we have a uh, kansas oklahoma golden gloves franchise and it's a nonprofit. so any proceeds from the event would go to that organization um that organization helps provide opportunities to boxers. So that is kind of, you know, how that kind of helps me, you know, reach out to people who don't have easy access to boxing. Um, and then also, you know, it gets your name out there, you know, as a for-profit business, um, that is what my gym is. You know, I've got competitive boxers. When I host a gym as the sanction holder, um, that gives me um, a little bit more leverage to make sure my boxers get experience. Um, trying to match them up with the, you know, the best person, you know, from across the other side of the state or sometimes from other states. And then people see that and they go, wow, you know, that's really cool. I want to compete. I'm going to go to that gym or, you know, I, I'm definitely never going to get in the ring. But you know what? This is really inspiring. Look at these guys. They're in shape. These girls are in here. They're doing it. You know, I want to go get in shape, you know, so it just helps kind of drive business once they see that a boxing gyms even available and that it's active. People like to see the activeness of a sport-specific facility. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so good mindset shift now. Good mindset shift there, which kind of it sounded like it led you to being like thinking creatively and thinking a little bit more outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, definitely thinking outside the box and and really kind of pinpointing like I said, what are my strengths? Where are my strengths already at? Where's my Where's my vision? Where's my passion already driving? Just go that direction instead of, instead of ignoring it and thinking like, oh, that's too big or that's too hard, this is too much work or I don't, I don't know how to do that. Just being like, yeah, I, those are the, a lot of unknowns, but I mean, like that's where my heart is taking me. So that's where you have to go. Yeah. So I guess like outside of the mindset, sh mindset shift that you had, what other changes did you make? Um, did you make any changes to your marketing or to any of the prop, like your client journey, sales process, anything like that? 
Um, I did um, start a, a like a, a different social media page. So I, I've always used Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so I added TikTok to that platform um, list. I had one of my boxers who was just begging. He's he's you know 20 uh 24 i think yeah 24 so that's that's what you know social media you know the kids his age are using <laughs> and he kept asking for it kept asking for it he kept showing me his TikTok, and he would post his videos of boxing and and how many people were liking and following and commenting and this and that you know so i said all right fine you know you got me i'll do it and it's been really fun. I still have a lot to learn about TikTok and how to make it work best for me and, and how to share TikTok on all the social media platforms. But I could see where it's, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun app for sure. <laughs> you could get lost on it. <laughs> you could spend a lot of time yeah, on it. Yeah, I've gotten lost on TikTok a few times actually. Um, <laughs> okay, so is there anything else that you're kind of thinking about looking into? So um, I don't know um, if this is a nationwide thing, but here in Oklahoma, we've got like some charter schools. Um, our, our particular one um, that I'm referring to is called Epic Charter, and uh, it's a virtual learning platform for school-aged kids. So Epic will allow people to become vendors so that these virtual students can basically have access to a physical education type setting. So a gym membership is what that really translates to. So recently I've had um, several young people who are Epic Charter students come to me and ask me if I would be a, an Epic Charter vendor so that they would basically get their membership paid for. Um, I had never considered doing anything like that before until I had multiple people requesting it and I thought, well, let me give it a try. Um, I uh, haven't filled out the vendor application yet. Um, okay. I was going to make it kind of a first of the year type thing since that's when like the school year starts um, traditionally. Um, but from what I have gathered, I mean, there's of course pros and cons, but it is still a source of revenue when you're looking at it from a business aspect. And as far as community aspect, if you just think of like most, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but most of the time when people are doing virtual learning, especially now we're, we're, we're pretty post pandemic now. So we don't really have to, you know, it's not so much of that anymore. Um, a lot of these people do not have a lot of social interaction. And so they don't have, cause they don't have traditional school. So they're, you know, they would be able to come in, you know, Epic Charter is going to pay for them to be there and they get to interact with other people um, within their age, or, you know, some, some kids might be older, some might be a little younger, but I thought that was a, that'd be a really great way of reaching out to a, uh, a part of the community that, that I don't have access to right now. Yeah. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Um, okay. So I kind of want to ask, I want to ask you the same question that Brooke asked you in July, just to okay. see if anything has changed. So, okay. Six months from now, I give you a magic wand. Um, what would you want your gym to look like? Let's say that this is after, like you had a very successful boxing event put on mm -hmm. after that event. Like, what do you want things to look like business-wide? Well, I uh, would love to have a larger facility. Um, 
you know, I'm working with um, people who have Parkinson's disease and um, part of their therapy is a speech pathology therapy. Um, the speech pathologist has started coming to our gym and having that therapy with those people before boxing class. So now there's ther two therapies that they need is in one place. So I would love to have a bigger facility and, and one part of that facility is dedicated to Parkinson's, boxing, their speech pathology, the support group, the, like the, the pharmacist, the, th like all the things that they need. Um, that way they have one location to go to and it would just, it would just make their lives so much easier. <laughs> and then, you know, an area for our, just our regular boxing, like we have now and, you know, a big fancy, you know, competition size ring with a space big enough that I can host events inside the gym and wouldn't have to pay for a venue space. Um, and then, you know, in another space for that, that we could do more weight training, we could offer more weight training classes. So maybe a traditional weight training type gym. Mm -hmm. And because I really love like the community, I love the idea of um, police in the community. Um, you know, they need, they need a better picture painted of themselves in the community. And PAL gyms or police activity type programs generally facilitate that and and I would love to be a part of that for our community if it, you know if it was an option and if I had a magic wand I would have an area so that you know if the police department you know had an outreach program and they needed space or you know that one location that was that was where they went um that would that would have an area for them too very well said um <laughs> well Stephanie I think it's a this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out, where can our listeners find you? Well, um, our I'll give you the website, www.roughhouseboxingandfitness.com. And it's R-O-U-G-H-H-O-U-S-E, boxing. And then you have spelled the word and, and then fitness. Roughhouseboxingandfitness.com. That has all the links to all of our social media, our email, my phone number, it gives you information about our programs. And we do offer a free week to anybody who's interested in trying the gym out. So you can find the schedule there and how to contact me to uh, start your free week. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And we're really looking forward to seeing what you're gonna be able to accomplish down the road. Thank so you so much, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords. Oh. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.